grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus is the great lover of the law. He says, Do not think that I came to overthrow the law. I did not come to overthrow, but to fulfill. I tell you, not one jot, not one tittle will fall from the law until all is fulfilled. And that until there does not mean that once Jesus fulfills it, the law will fall with all its jots and all its tittles. When mom leaves the kids at home and says, be good until I come back, she does not mean that the kids only have to be good until she gets back, and then they can be bad as they want. The law of love toward God and the neighbor, this law remains until Jesus fulfills it and after. Jesus loves the law. The Pharisees do not. This is the great irony because the Pharisees make their trade in the law. And they talk about it all the time, but it turns out that they have a very low opinion of the law because they have reduced it to a set of rules. They hate Jesus because Jesus breaks their silly little rules. Do not heal on the Sabbath. Do not snack on grain as you walk through the grain field. None of these rules touch the heart. They require nothing more than slavish obedience. You could train a monkey to keep them. But the law is a matter of heart. We cannot think of the law in terms of a speed limit. We obey the speed limit almost entirely in slavish obedience. Our heart is not in it at all. But the law of God expects exactly the opposite of this slavish obedience. It expects love, unforced, totally willing. Love of God and our neighbor. This is how Jesus describes it when the Pharisees, the rule lovers, ask him what the great commandment of the law is. He does not list some external rule, do not touch, do not taste. He speaks the commandments that touch the heart. Love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus goes further. He says, all the law and all the prophets, that is, all the Bible, all God's word to man, hinge on these two commandments. To love God from the heart completely and your neighbor as yourself. So it is no change of subject when Jesus asks the Pharisees a question and says, what do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? What you think about the law determines what you think about the Christ. If the law only touches on the externals, it is only a set of rules, then you will only need a Christ who takes care of the externals, who saves the body. But if the law pierces to the heart, expects perfect love, which you cannot give, then you will need a completely different Christ. A Christ who can forgive your sin and free you from the devil's accusations and deliver you from the eternal damnation set aside for Satan 
and his demons. What you think of the law determines what you think of the Christ. This was true for the Pharisees. It is true for us today. The Pharisees were expecting the Christ. Everyone, at least every Jew. The Bible prophesied it over and over again. That is why people are constantly wondering, is this the Christ when Jesus does his miracles? But they are not expecting a Christ to save them from their sins, from the bondage of the devil, from an eternity in hell. They are not afraid of any of that. The sinners are, the tax collectors, the adulterers, the prostitutes, the Gentiles, not them. They have kept the rules. They are not children of the devil. They are children of Abraham. But they do have problems. Everyone does. They do still need a Christ. They need a leader, a king, a hero to drive the Romans away. They need a prince to give them political freedom and restore the kingdom to what it was under King David. They need low taxes, low inflation, a good retirement, decent health care. So when Jesus asks them, what do you think of the Christ? Whose son is he? This is their answer. David's. It's not wrong, but it's not right either. The Christ is David's son, but he is also David's Lord. He is a man, but he is also God. So Jesus answers, how is it then that David in the spirit calls him Lord, saying, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Jesus has asked the question before, who is the Christ? He asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? And they answered, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And Jesus says, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answers, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. And I say to you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. On this confession that Jesus is the Christ, not simply the son of David, but the son of the living God, Jesus will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Because here is a Christ who can deal with hell, who can deal with sin, who can deal with death, who can deal with the devil because he is the son of the living God and has come to fulfill the law of love for us. What you think of the law will determine what you think of Christ. What kind of savior do you need? You have problems. Everyone does. But are the problems that occupy your mind the problems of the body, money, job, economy, retirement, inflation, political victory? What kind of savior do you need from these worries?
You only need a man, a hero, a David. You only need what the masses chase after Jesus to get, a bread king. And what goes on in this holy house of God will only seem strange to you. At best, there will be rules you follow and the rites that you go through, because that is what good Christians do. But nothing will touch the heart. But if you know the law of God as Jesus preaches it, you will know your need for a far greater Christ. Not simply David's son, but David's Lord. Not simply a man, but God himself in human flesh. Jesus says it, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter into the kingdom of heaven. Far beyond keeping the rules, the law requires perfect love of God and perfect love of your neighbor. Have you given it? Do you want to give it? Does it touch your heart and do you think of what you owe God and what you have not given him? What you owe your neighbor and failed to even care about? Do you look at your life and see that what is wrong with it is not simply that you do not have enough money or that your health is not the best or that inflation is out of control, but that you have doubted your God and not thought of him And you have been impatient and selfish in your dealings with the people you should love? Do you look forward not simply to bodily pleasure, but to enjoying a righteousness in heaven that is perfect, where you will not doubt God anymore, will not be discontent with what he gives, will not lust after what is not yours, will not ever be jealous or envious or greedy or mean? Then you will long for a Savior who can give you this, a righteousness you do not have. Then you will see your enemies that need conquering, not simply poverty and political oppression, but sin and death and hell and the devil. You will need far more than a man to save you. You will need God himself in human flesh, sitting at the right hand of his Father, with all your enemies under his feet. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. Love God from the depths of your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. But you cannot give it. So Jesus says, you search the scriptures, for in them you find eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. All of the law. All of the prophets hang on him. He is the one who loves God from the depths of his heart. He is the one who loves his neighbor as himself. He is the fulfillment of love. He is the one on whom all the law and the prophets hang. The one who hangs on the cross and fulfills this law. Every jot every tittle. He pours out his life till death, makes you his neighbor by joining the human race, and then loves you by laying down his life in your place and suffering the punishment for your lack of love. He is the one who loves God from the depths of his soul and every fiber of his being, trusting even as God forsakes him on the cross 
that God will not let his Holy One see corruption, but will raise him from the dead and give him the fruits of his labor. That is you, brothers and sisters, children of God, bought by his holy, precious blood. This is the Christ you need. The Christ who came, the Christ who is. The Christ who sits at the right hand of the Father until all his enemies are put under his feet. The right hand of the Father is everywhere. It is the power of God, his majesty, and the Christ you need. The Christ who came, the Christ who is, rules in that majesty with all the power to destroy your enemies. Both the enemies of your body and the enemies of your soul. He is God. And he is man. He is not far away in heaven, oblivious to your needs. He is your brother. And he is always with you to the very end of the age. So, yes, cry out to him for help for your body, for job, for money, for family, for good government. But do it not because your obsession is with bodily pleasure and peace, but because your obsession is with love of God and your neighbor. You want to see this love in yourself and in the world. Love according to God's commandments. The Christian soul longs for it. Not keeping a bunch of man-made religious rules, but loving your creator from the bottom of your hearts and loving your neighbors as yourselves. You want it, but you cannot see it in yourselves, much less the world around you. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so you cry out to Jesus to give it, and he does. He gives it now to you. He speaks your forgiveness. He feeds you with his body and his blood. He gives you his spirit. And this means your enemies are under his feet, all of them, bodily and spiritual. You will see it on the last day, but it is done now. The gates of hell cannot prevail against Christ's Christians. He is the great lover of the law, its great fulfiller. And he continues to love you by forgiving you and teaching you. And he will guide you to sure, safely to everlasting life, where you will finally love as you have been loved. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace that surpasses all human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.